we're going to get started right away. Jesus Christ, our shepherd. And I want to begin with one, number one here. And that is uh, God's name revealed to Moses. God's name revealed to Moses. And uh, I want you to turn with me to Exodus chapter 3 for a moment. I want to show you something here and then we'll get, we'll get into our, our uh, Bible lesson here. Look in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 14. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And then he goes on to say down in the very last line in verse 15, This is my name forever. Now, Moses had asked the angel that appeared to him, and when he realized it was God Almighty talking to him, Moses said, What shall I tell the children of Israel? You're telling me to go in and tell them to follow to follow you, me, and to come out of Egypt, and you're going to lead us all out of Egypt. What shall I tell them is your name? And the Lord said this, and God said to Moses, I am that I am. And he said unto him, Thou shalt say to him, I am. Now notice the word I am here. I'm not going to get into the name of God because that's a great study in itself. But the I am here is an implication that God has no ending or no beginning. He never said I was and I shall be. He says I am. Uh, There's no place he is not. He is here. He is there. He was then. he, He is now. He shall be later. Uh, he's all power. There's no power that's not his power. He, he, I am, in other words, covers everything. And uh, this is the name that he gave him and everything. And I won't get into, any further into it, except that when Jesus came, the Lord identified himself as the I am. And uh, if you look at number two here, I'm going to go to number two very quickly here, and we're going to get right into our scripture here. If you look at number two, when Jesus came, he identified himself as the great I am in numerous ways, in numerous ways. He said, I am the bread of life. He said, I am the light of the world. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, another place, the manna that came down from heaven. I am the manna that came down from heaven. Another place, he said, I am the true vine. And you're the branches. Another place he said, I am the door of the sheep. So the Lord would say, I am, I am. One time they asked him some questions. Those Pharisees and Sadducees were asking him some questions, you know. And uh, he made this statement. They said something about his age and about how old. And he seems to think he knows more than he does, no older than he is. And, uh, And he said, before Abraham was... I am. He didn't say before Abraham was, I was. They said something about Abraham and there being our father. He said, he said, before Abraham was, I am. And they picked up stones to stone him. They said, why do you do that? He said, because you being a man, make it yourself, make it yourself God. Make it yourself. I'm speaking with the old English there, a little lisp. You're making yourself God. He was not a man who made himself God. He was God who had made himself man. And he walked among us. And so he used the term I am in numerous ways. 
Uh, there's a scripture in John. I won't go any further into it except to say this. There's a scripture in John where when Jesus, when Nick, uh, when uh, Judas Iscariot betrayed him and brought the, the, the crowd out with swords and spears to take Jesus and capture him and take him in and try him. When they came out after him, Jesus said, Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus. And he said, I am. And in your King James Version, it says, I am he. But the he is in italics, which means that it was added by the translators to what they felt like was giving it a clearer, more clearer meaning. Well, God bless them for it. However, if you leave out that italics part of the he, he said, I am he. He said, what he really said was, I am. And whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus is out. He said, I am. And the funny thing about it, that John records it, when he said, I am, they all fell backwards. They all fell down. All those men came, that came together, they all fell down when he said, I am. So I'm just uh, pointing out to you here uh, the power that was in that name of God. And Jesus used it over and over numerous times here in describing himself. Now I'm going to go to number three here very quickly here. He also identified himself as the shepherd of the sheep. And this is where we're going to put the emphasis on here. And if you would uh, look at number one, he said, I am the good shepherd. I want you to go to John 10, John 10, 11 with us. John 10, 11. And he says, I am the good shepherd. Notice that. I am the good shepherd. So here he makes himself the I am as being the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Down in verse 14, it's repeated in a little different way. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. So Jesus here identifies himself here as the good shepherd. Praise the Lord. And uh, now the next verse that I want to refer to is the one in Hebrews. And this one he calls, he's referred to as the great shepherd. Look in Hebrews 13, 20. I have a reason for talking to you about Jesus, our shepherd here. Look in Hebrews uh, chapter 13 and verse 20. Let me get to it. Here, here we go. Now, the God of peace that brought again the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. Notice here that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. So here he's called the great shepherd. So Jesus is identified as the good shepherd. He's also called the great shepherd of the sheep. And so it's obvious here that Jesus Christ came as a shepherd to his sheep. I'm going to talk to you about what all that means to us today. Now, I've got another handout I'm going to pass out to you right now. So keep the one that you've got and the one that's being handed out next here is the one on the 23rd Psalm. If you want to, if you have your Bibles and want to go to the 23rd Psalm, we're going to look at the 23rd Psalm at this time. The 23rd Psalm. And we'll come back to this sheet in a moment, the one that we're working on. And I'm going to put the 23rd Psalm sheet up here. This is the one that's being handed out to you. 
And we will go to Psalms 23. This is probably one of the most common uh, sections in the Bible. I sort of call it a chapter. It is a chapter, I guess. Uh, 23rd Psalm, one of the most common, one of the most familiar and uh, certainly loved. And I want you to look very closely here with it. And this was written by David. David in the Bible, who himself was a shepherd. David was a shepherd. Now this young man who became the great king of Israel and was spoken of the Lord by the Lord as being a man after mine own heart. And David was nothing more than just a shepherd boy. But being a shepherd of his father's sheep and looking after them and worshiping God, sometimes being in the summertime, they'd be sometimes outside and under the stars and nighttime looking after the sheep. And whenever they were out in this kind of a fashion, praise the Lord, he would worship God and talk to God. And he identified himself as being like a sheep and the Lord being a shepherd. And in this 23rd Psalm, he writes some things in here that lets us know that he understood our relationship with God and God's with us as the Lord who is our shepherd and we as his sheep. Praise the Lord. Now, look at this 23rd chapter, if you would, here for just a moment. Uh, Many years ago, when I was a young man, uh, my wife and I were evangelizing up in Indiana. In Lafayette, Indiana, the pastor there asked us to sort of be his assistant and evangelize out from where he was. And uh, and it was uh, it, we gave us an apartment and everything, and so he said you can work a job or something, and then you can preach out because you can go out, you can drive over to where you have to go and preach because churches were very close together in that area. And so we did, and my wife got a job at Purdue University, which was across the river west in West Lafayette, and uh, there were several people in the church that worked at Purdue as well. And one day I got a, a, I got a, I heard a word came to me that they needed a shepherd at Purdue University to look after their sheep. They were uh, over the agriculture department also of all of Indiana, Purdue University was. And uh, so I said, man, I'd love that, to be a shepherd of sheep. I'd learn, you know, it's all in the Bible, you know. So I went down there, down to the, to the, to the main guy there at Purdue University, and I said, I want to apply for this job. Here I am, you know, I'm about 25 years old here, and 24 years old, I don't can't remember, 24, 25 years old. I said, I'd like to get a job at Shepherd, the Shepherd, you know. He said, you want the job as the shepherd of the sheep that we have every day? Said, yeah, that's the one I want. I want that. He said, have you ever been a shepherd? I said, no, but I can learn. He said, did you grow up on a farm where you had sheep? I said, no, but I can, I can learn about the sheep. And I kept trying to convince him, you know, where did you grow up? I said, in Florida. Uh, what kind of work did you you do? Said, oh, well, mostly home building and construction work and stuff like that, you know, growing up. Uh, anyhow, the further we went down the road talking, it was obvious that I wasn't going to get the job. And uh, finally, he looked at me and he said, let me be honest with you. He said, the responsibility, the sheep responsibility that we'd be putting in you is thousands of sheep. Thousands is into the thousands. 
and you would be responsible for all of these sheep. And unless you know sheep and understand them, and unless you have dealt with them and you know all about them, he said, there's no way that we could turn over all those sheep into you and you not understanding what about sheep. So I said, okay, I understand. I walked away that day uh, realizing that I was not qualified for that job. And I went on and got, you know, got a full brush job and made a live and everything. And, uh, and everything went, went okay. But I'm just pointing out to you here that it was obvious that you've got to know sheep. I remember him saying this, they can get sick and die and you won't even know they're sick. You have to know sheep. And uh, he really convinced me that I didn't know anything about sheep. And I read this in Psalms here because David understood about sheep and the relationship they had with the shepherd. And here's what he said. Look at Psalms 1.1. And I'm going to go here now, Psalms 1a. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, if you've got your Bibles, underline the word my shepherd. He did not say the Lord is our shepherd. This is David now. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. He made God to be very personable to himself. In other words, God is my shepherd, not our shepherd. He is our shepherd. But David here was writing in the sense that I know the Lord and he is my personal shepherd. There's a personal relationship, folks, that each of us must have with the Lord. We've got to have that personal relationship. Praise the Lord. And he said, the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, I'm thinking of a scripture that's found over in Matthew chapter 16 and verse uh, 13. Matthew 16, 13. I don't know if they can jump that fast for me or not, but it's a verse I'd like you to look at real quick. Uh, Matthew 16, 13. There it is. When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Look at that. Look at the next verse. And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some say Elias, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Look at the next verse. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Next verse. Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ the son of the living God. This is what Peter said to him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Now, look at the next verse. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter. Now notice this. Peter said to him, Thou art the Christ. And Jesus said, And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. Now, he was not talking about building his church on Peter. There's no way. I know the Catholic Church like to say Peter was the first pope, but there's, there's evidence now that the Jews have in, in Israel that Peter never was. He never was in Rome. Never, never went there. Not only that, he was not the apostle to the Gentiles. He was the apostle to the Jews. That was Peter. Well, anyhow, Jesus saying here that I am, he said, I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock, not talking about Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The rock he's speaking of here, we could say it was himself, 
But the way the wording is, whom do men say that I am? Thou art the Christ. Whom do ye say that I am? I mean, mean, whom do you say thou art the Christ? And I said to thee, thou art Peter. He was talking about the relationship that he had with Peter. You say that I'm Christ. I say to you, you're Peter. I know who you are. You know who I am. Now, here's what I'm saying with this, folks. We all must have a very personal, individual relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not enough just to say, well, my my spouse or my husband or my wife goes to church and I go with them, him or her. It's not enough to say my mom or my dad was in the church and I grew up in the church. And so that, that's why I'm apostolic, Pentecostal. No, no, no. We've got to have it for ourselves personally. And when David said, the Lord is my shepherd, he was saying that the Lord is very special to me. When Jesus said to Peter, you you say that I am, thou art the Christ. I say only thou art Peter. Upon this rock of relationship, I will build my church. And I want you to know today here that our relationship with Jesus is very important. And he wants each of us to have a very personal relationship with him. Not just collectively as a group of people and he's our Messiah, but, praise the Lord, for each of us, he is my Messiah. He is my shepherd. Praise the Lord. Everybody say praise the Lord. Let me move on here. I'm going back here to Psalms 23 very quickly here. And uh, he goes on to say here in this next Part of the verse of scripture I'm going to read to you here. Uh, he, he saith unto me, I am my shepherd, uh, makes it very personal. And, and then he says, I shall not want. One other thing here, God will supply all your needs. This is what David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Amen. You may feel like sometimes that you things are thin. It may be very thin, but the Lord will never leave you nor forsake you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He said that. He promised it. He said that. I can show you in Scripture. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Praise the Lord. And so I want you to know here today, you can trust God with all of your heart. Make him your shepherd. Praise the Lord. And you be his sheep. And the Lord will never let you go. Uh, will never let you go without. Now, I want to move on a little, a little further here. Look at the second verse. Look at this very closely here, the second verse. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. Now, the shepherd sometimes had to make the sheep to lie down when they were restless and nervous and all wanted just to stand around and blat and everything. He said, no, no, no. And he'd literally take them and lay them down in green pastures. This is a nice place to be. We're going to spend the night here. And he'd lay them down. He'd actually do that, work those sheep like that. And the Lord sometimes has to settle us down. Can I just say he has to lay us down in green pastures. You can feel all this way. This is happening. That's happening. This is up in the air. That's in the air. Wait a minute. The Lord has to lay us down. Say you're in green pastures. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Sometimes I say, oh, I don't know if I can go here, go there. No, no, no. Just stay calm in the green pastures that the Lord has put us. Praise the Lord. And can I just say this as a green pastor? Thank God for the church, the body of Christ. 
And I say it very personally, thank God for this body of Christ that we are all part of here today. He maketh us lie down in green pastures and he gives us that peace, that that wonderful spirit of that. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. I'm still here in verse 2. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Sheep could not stand rushing waters because they had a fear of falling into that. Sheep have a fear of getting into fast waters and rushing waters and fast streams. And when they walk up to it and they'll hesitate and they'll move away and they won't drink water. They need to drink, but they won't drink. And so they know the water's fast because if they fall in it because of the wool and the oil that's in the wool, and so they could turn upside down and they could drown and they could lose their balance and, and easily just be washed down the street. And so they have a fear of rushing waters. So when David said, the Lord is my shepherd, he leadeth me beside the still waters, meaning he knew that the sheep loved it. And when the shepherd would leave him, lead them to the still waters, then they would drink and drink and drink. And they had no problem with that. Praise the Lord. So I'm pointing out to you here again how the Lord will always lead us right and take care of us and keep his hand on us. And David understood that about sheep. He leadeth us by beside the still waters. He gives us peace. Folks, I've gone to church sometimes and everything in the world up in the air. Just, I'm just there. And feel the presence and the peace of God just come over me. And just feel it. I remember one time going to church and I was so troubled. And I sat down in the back seat. And it was just everything in the world was going on. And I just began to thank the Lord and I felt a peace that come over me. And when you feel that troubled spirit and troubled all around you and troubles everywhere and confusion and what's going on and you don't know the answer to things, sometimes just say, God, give me your peace. And God can send his peace on you and he can just flood you like this. It'll start from the top of your head and go right down through the soles of your feet and give you a peace and you'll say, and I have, in that service, I remember just lifting my hands and thanking the Lord. And when I walked out that day, I said, you know, I don't know how it's going to all turn out, but it's going to be okay. It'll turn out okay because Jesus is in control. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now let me move on here. The Bible said he leaves the side of still waters. Verse, uh, more of the verse. Uh, let me... Let me get on target here. You leave me beside the still waters for peace. Uh, Look at verse 4. I want to go to verse 4. He restoreth my soul. He leaves me beside the path of righteousness. I'm going to verse 4 here. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, sometimes the shepherd would lead his sheep through a valley. He's taken from one pasture land to another pasture land. And he's taken him through a pasture land. And he knows that as he's taken him from one place to another, there may, be, there may be wolves or animals like wolves watching them. And the shepherd knows that. Shepherd knows that. Look what he says here in verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thou art with me. I know that I'm not walking through this valley 
And the wolves up here looking at me and drooling and everything and wishing they could attack me because the shepherd's there. Sometimes, folks, it's just a good idea to get close to the shepherd. Get as close to him as you can. Praise the Lord. And as you walk through this valley, they're going through this valley, those sheep would look and they'd see the wolves, but they'd see the shepherd. The shepherd was there. And then he says this along with that statement. Uh, He says, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The rod was a stick about this long, a round stick. He kept it down through his, his, robe, his robe fastened and stuck it down in there. And he used it to whack anything that came around. Then he also had a shepherd's staff. The staff was long and it had a hook on it. It had a hook on it. Not a mean hook, but a nice soft hook. And it was used so that if the sheep were all walking together and one that was getting astray, he could take that stick and, and stick it out and walk through the sheep a ways and reach over and grab the other one that was going astray and pulling him around the neck gently back into the fold because the shepherd knew he was getting too far out there and his staff would pull him back. And the shepherd was always doing that. And he had that rod that he could whack a sheep and the sheep got out of line a little bit. And also he could whack a, an animal or some other thing that came around. And the shepherds, the sheep knew that these things were protections for them. And he said, the Lord is my shepherd. And he goes on to say, uh, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for I, that thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Praise the Lord. So he knew that. So I'm just saying that when the Lord sometimes talks to our hearts, folks, it's because he loves us. And we move on very quickly here. I know I get back into another part of my lesson here in just a moment. Look at E here. E, Psalms 23, 5. Look at verse 5 here. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Preparing a table for the shepherd, for the sheep was him going into a new pasture area, his pastures, uh, where they would be grazing and eating grass and the grass was green. But there was also plants growing among those that green grass. There was plants that were growing in there that were poisonous or that were detrimental to the sheep or would make them sick. And the shepherd knew what they were. And he would go ahead of them and pick, pick that stuff out. He'd pull it out. He'd pull all that stuff out and get rid of it and get rid of it. So when they came in, when they followed him in there, they could eat the grass and it would be healthy. And so he would prepare the table, it was called, a table for them to eat upon. How many times has the Lord prepared our table? I'm talking about putting food on the table or making, praise the Lord, being able to make things where that everything was going to be okay. Praise God. And he puts food on the table for us and I've seen times when we were really skimping and the God would come through and we'd be blessed praise the Lord and I could see a nice meal on the table praise the Lord God bless you for that and anyhow he goes on to say here that in this verse 5 thou prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies thou anointest my head with oil Uh, the sheep would have bugs and flies and throw it around and that old shepherd would uh, would 
put oil, put oil all over their heads and on their, around their body to keep the flies and the bugs and the ticks and all that stuff away from them and uh, so that they wouldn't be bitten and all that kind of stuff. I'm just trying to show you how the shepherd was so mindful of what the sheep needed and was taking care of them in such a beautiful fashion like God does us. Praise the Lord. He prepares our minds. He helps our minds. The, 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 oh, that was on the head, and that's sort of like the, the mind is. Praise the Lord. So the Lord helps us with all those things. That prepares the table for me in the presence of my enemies. And uh, anoints my head with oil. Uh, look in 2 Corinthians 7, 1 for a moment. 2 Corinthians 7, 1. Look at this. Having therefore these promises, dear beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Now let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. So when you get to thinking bad things, when you get to be thinking wrong things, get it out of your head. Amen. That's the bugs and the the ticks and the flies and all that kind of stuff. No, no, no. I don't want that. And the Lord will help us. He'll give us his spirit to help us to keep all of the evil thoughts and everything else that would come our way that may come into our hearts and into our minds. Praise the Lord. And Philippians 4, 8 is another verse. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these. Think on these. In other words, put your mind on good things. The devil will come around and try to get you to think about all kind of crazy stuff. He'll get you to worry about this, thinking about this. You know, this is going to happen. This is going to go wrong. This is going to happen, everything. No, no, no. I'm going to think about the Lord I want to think about the goodness of God and put your mind on that. And the Lord anoints our head with oil. I'm going to finish up with this one last thing here where that he said in that 23rd Psalm. Uh, he says, my cup runneth over. The Lord gives us more than enough. My cup runneth over. Now, here's what the cup was. It was a water trough. They had these shepherds had these out in the fields. And they were uh, places where that they could have water. And uh, it was like a trough. And if he was just a shepherd who wasn't really looking after the sheep that much, he had poured just enough water in there, enough to get them enough water to get them through that section. Just enough because he didn't want to exert himself that much. But if he was a good shepherd, he would take water and bring that water up and he'd pour it in that trough, and he'd go get some more, and he'd pour some more over there in that pour, and it was called a cup. And he'd pour more in that trough, and that, and that water would run over, and he'd pour it over and let it run over and run all around the side, and the sheep loved it. They would drink it. They would splash around in that water. And David understood that about sheep. They loved it when the shepherd just ran over the cup. He ran over that thing. And so our cup runneth over. Sometimes, folks, we come to church and we worship God and we praise the Lord and the joy of the Lord and the blessings of God and the spirit of God and the happiness of the Lord is in our hearts and our cup runneth over. Hallelujah. Because the Lord is our shepherd. Amen. Not the world. 
Amen. But the Lord is our shepherd, and he overruns, overflows it. More than enough, more than enough. Praise the Lord. All right. Let me, uh, let us, let me get back to uh, our original page there. I'm going to get off of that 23rd Psalm. There's much that can be said about it. And uh, I want you to go with me over here to uh, the other page that we were on to start with. And go to number four here with us. I'm talking about the Lord, our shepherd. Well, hang on a second. Here we go. All right, this is what we're looking at right now. And if you... If you look with us, number four, the, sh- the shepherds of Israel were prophesied against by Old Testament prophets. Uh, I want you to look at Ezekiel 34.1.5 because the shepherds in prophecy was spoken of as being uh, let me get to it. All right. Ezekiel 34, look at this with us. Look in uh, verse 1. 34.1, I'm going to read 1 through 5. Look at this very closely here. This is where that Ezekiel was speaking about the shepherds of Israel in that Old Testament period of time back then. And sad to say, they were not what they should have been. They were the leaders of Israel. They were the priesthood. They were the kings. They were the men who were leaders among the people. And here's what it says in 34.1. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord unto the shepherds, Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? Ye eat the fat. And you clothe you with the wool, and you kill them that are fed, but you feed not the flock. Verse 4, the disease have you not strengthened, neither have you healed that which was sick, neither have you bound up that which is broken, neither have you, uh, have you brought again that which was driven away, neither have you sought that which was lost, but with force and with cruelty have you ruled them. Notice here now, he's describing a condition that would be when Jesus would come. When Jesus would come. Verse 5, and they were scattered because there were no shepherd. And they, and they became meat to all the beasts of the field when they are scattered. I'm looking at verse 8. And as I live, saith the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey and my flock became meat to every beast of the field because... There was no shepherd, neither did my shepherds search for my flock. But the shepherds fed themselves and fed not my flock. This is showing you how that in the Old Testament, men that the Lord put over Israel, they didn't care anything about the people. They they just worried about themselves as their little position, their little office. And this is what Jesus found when he came. When Jesus began his ministry, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the, the priests, the scribes, they're all about themselves. And they were not concerned at all about the people. 
And Jesus became that good shepherd and that great shepherd to Israel in his day whom they did not have because it already been. And this is found in Ezekiel. It's also found over in Isaiah and also in, in Jeremiah. The condition that Israel was as far as it being like a sheep without a shepherd. So I'm giving you a picture here of how things were when Jesus came. Now, I want you to go with me to Matthew 9. This is a beautiful verse of scripture. Matthew 9. And uh, a very common scripture here. But when he, speaking of Jesus, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Now, there are several places. I'll read this one and one other. That where Jesus was moved with compassion and was stirred in his heart, stirred in his heart by the condition of the people because they were people that they had no shepherd. They had no, nobody cared about them. Nobody cared about it. And so it says here, verse 16, but when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. As sheep having no shepherd. And I'm going to read another verse of scripture. That's the one that's found also in that fourth verse there. Uh, if you look in Mark 6, I said Matthew 9, look at Mark 6, 634. In your notes there. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd. And then it goes on to talk about how that he said to them, they need not depart. Let them sit down. Bring me the loaves and the fishes. And the Lord broke the fish and broke the loves and fed 5,000 men besides the women and children. We don't know how many there were. 5,000 men besides women and children. He fed them. And he took just a few, a couple of fish and a few loaves of bread. And he just broke it and kept breaking. He blessed it and just kept breaking it because he had compassion upon the people. And I'm trying to tell you here today, folks, that the Lord can be touched. The Bible says by our infirmities, he can be touched. The Lord could be touched by our infirmities. You know, the Lord's coming soon. I don't know when it is. I don't know. I have no idea. Nobody, nobody, nobody knows the day or the hour. The Bible says that. Not even the angels know when it is. But the Bible says he's made us to be the people of the day and not of the night. And we are the people of the light and not of darkness. And because you have made us of the light and not of darkness, he's allowed us to see things that the world can't see. Because we are the children of the day and not of the night, he has allowed us to see things that others cannot see. And because of that, we can see the signs. He says you can read the signs. You can see the things happening. And with what's happening in the world and things happening all around us, some things are a little scary. Some things are a little bit... Awesome. The things are, are just, you wonder, well, Lord, where's it all going to? Can I just say this today? Stay faithful to the Lord. Hold fast to Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Folks, he can give us peace. He can give us safety. He can take care of us. He can keep his hand on us. And the Lord will move with compassion upon us. And he will take care of us in everything.
And when these people had no shepherds around and nobody was interested in them, Jesus said, let them sit down, I'll feed them. Because he had compassion on them and he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. Praise the Lord. And the Lord, his love and his mercy and his goodness, praise the Lord, never ceased to be that of a good shepherd whenever he saw the sheep. I'm going to have you also at this time uh, go to John 10. Go to John 10 for a moment. John chapter 10, verse 2. But he that entered in by the door of the shepherd of the sheep, to him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his sheep by name. Look at that. And leadeth them out. This is Jesus speaking now. And he leadeth them out. He's talking about the shepherd with the sheep. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, before them. Praise the Lord. Jesus went through all things before he had the apostles going through them. And the sheep follow him for they know his voice. They know his voice. The sheep follow the shepherd for they know his voice. And we can know the voice of the Lord, not an audible voice, but how the Lord speaks to us in his word right here, right here. Praise the Lord. His word will not fail us. And it says, he goeth before them, the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. And this is just giving us here a real good picture here of how the Lord loves his his sheep and so forth. And look at verse 17 with us for a moment here. Verse 17 Therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it up again. This commitment have I received of my father. Praise the Lord. And so the Lord, praise the Lord, is our shepherd. Now look over in that same 10th chapter. And he says here, verse 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. And they follow me. I know them and they follow me. Praise the Lord. I want you to know, folks, that we are to follow the Lord. And the Lord knows everything about us. He will guide us and lead us. And he goes on to say here, he said that I have sheep that's not of this fold. And that's us Gentiles. That Jewish group that was back then in Jesus' earthly ministry, they were Jews. But Jesus said, I have sheep that's out of this fold. That's us. And I'm going to wind this up by just talking to you for a few moments here about how wonderful it is that the Lord looked down where we were and saved us. I don't know what your background is, but I know mine was just everyday common people. And I've said many a time, I said, Lord, how were we so blessed that you sent the gospel to my people, I call them my people, my, my grandparents. My grandmother was the first one to come into an apostolic church and get baptized in Jesus' name. I had an aunt that had epilepsy, and she was trying to find some kind of healing for her, for her, for her own daughter. My grandmother was. And so she'd go to these meetings and things. She went to a meeting, got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God began to bless, began to move. The family got into the church, so forth. 
My mother and dad didn't live, they didn't live for the Lord for their, they got, my mother got baptized when she was a girl and my dad got baptized young, but they didn't live for God for years and years and years and everything until I got saved. Then when I got saved, they began to come back into the church, my own immediate family. And I'm just trying to tell you here today, folks, that how, how was it that God came our way? How did he come your way? What was it that he came to your house, to your family, to your people, to your parents, to your friends, or however it was? But the Lord, praise the Lord, came our way. And thank God because he was a shepherd, amen, and we were sheep and we heard his voice. And he spoke to our heart and we said, he knows me and I know him. And that's the most wonderful thing in the world. And to this day, right now, that's the greatest thing in the world is to know Jesus and Jesus know us. Praise the Lord. You know, because you don't know how long we've got. We don't know. The Lord may come tomorrow. Any of us could just go tomorrow. You know, I could go tomorrow. I know that. You know, I'm just trying to say here that we want to have this relationship with Jesus and have it steadfast, praise the Lord, till Jesus comes and the Lord is our shepherd, praise the Lord. And uh, so John uh, 10, 16, the Bible talks about him being our shepherd. Uh, and the other sheep I have which are not of this fold, this is 10, 16 of, of John, uh, and other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also... I must bring, and they shall bear my name, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Praise the Lord. And so God has promised us all of these things in him. Now, I'm going to close out by this one last verse of Scripture that I want to read to you over here in in 1 Peter 5 and 4. 1 Peter 5 and 4, and we're coming back down here, right down to the bottom here. And when the chief shepherd, now here he's called, one place a good shepherd, one place, the great shepherd, now he's called the chief shepherd here. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, that's Jesus, we shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Hallelujah. And when the Lord comes back, folks, we're going to have a reward in him that nothing in this world can take his place. But the Lord is coming back one day. And we shall have a crown of glory that fadeth not away. There's a scripture in Thessalonians that I love. I was just reading it just recently because I've been reading the Bible through. And that's where we are in reading the Bible through. And in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. One place that says we, we do not yet know what kind of body we'll have, but we'll have a glorified body like as under his glorified body. We do not yet know how we shall appear. We'll have a glorified body like as under his glorified body. So I don't know. How, you say, Brother Myers, how will we look? How will we be? We'll have, we'll live eternally. We'll have a glorified body. We'll have a body that will not die. It'll be a body, but it'll be like his glorified body, not his resurrected body. He was resurrected, you know, and was on earth for 40 days. And then he ascended into heaven and became brighter than the noonday sun when John, when Paul saw him 
on the road to Damascus. And so Jesus has a glorified body. And you and I will one day have with him a glorified body for we shall look upon him. Praise the Lord whom we have served and whom we love. One day we'll see the Lord and the Lord will see us. And loved ones who have gone on ahead of us. Praise the Lord. We'll see them. Praise God. And I thank the Lord for the hope that we have, folks. The greatest hope in the world. Greatest hope in the world. I don't care what you do in this world when it all gets all wrapped up. The hope that you and I have is the greatest hope that ever has been or ever will be. Praise the Lord. And that is that the Lord is going to make us to be like him. We'll have a glorified body like as I need a glorified body. Would you stand with me together and let's just praise the Lord and thank him here. Oh, thank you, Jesus. God, you're the great shepherd. You're the good shepherd. You're the faithful shepherd. You're the soon coming shepherd for your sheep. Hallelujah. Lord, we praise you. We love you. We thank you, God. We glorify you. God bless this audience here tonight, Lord. Help us all to make it. Make us, Lord, to be determined not to fail you, Lord. Help us to reach out to others to help them to come and be in the fold, O Lord, that they may be ready to meet you when you come. Thank you for the hope that we have, Jesus. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for the church family, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the gospel that's all over the world and all your people that's all over this world, God. We love you and we praise you with all of our hearts and glorify you with all that's within us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And everybody said, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you. You're dismissed in his name.